on the show tonight. We're going to go to Musgrave Park for updates on uh, Ireland versus Italy in the TikTok Women's Six Nations. We are going to hear from uh, Cork's Jeremy O'Sullivan and Des Cullinan. Uh, they were speaking earlier on in the weekend, an event that we were at at Porky Quay. going to hear from them, and we're going to talk to uh, Cork Mundi boss Matthew Toomey as well after the defeat to Galway last night. Going to keep you up to date on the Premier League, still to all between Manchester City and Liverpool with 20 minutes to go, and we plenty more sides as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Eight six eight one zero four one zero six is our text number if you'd like to get in touch with us this evening again thank you indeed for tuning in to us on the big red bench still to all as I mentioned between Manchester City and Liverpool and what has been a very very entertaining game of football so far and there's still 20 minutes left to go there in that game so we'll keep you up to date uh, on that one but yeah it's just been end to end stuff um, as things stand there at the moment so uh, yeah it's uh, been a very very enjoyable game of course uh, Manchester City going into the game as uh, leaders Liverpool uh, looking to uh, leapfrog them I suppose uh, by winning today um, but uh, it's still two goals uh, apiece there going to get a half time report uh, from uh, Musgrave Park uh, Italy uh, are the visitors in the TikTok Women's Six Nations and Dahi Boland is watching half time here at Musgrave Park and it's Ireland to lead 10 points to 3 Italian fly half Veronica Maddia opens the score with a penalty in the fourth minute but it's been all Ireland since then Lucy Mulhall and Neve Jones have both crossed the try line for Greg McWilliams side leading up to Ireland's second try Italian back row Elisa Gordano was shown a yellow card so a half time here at Musgrave Park it's Ireland 10 Italy 3 We'll go live there to Musgrave Park uh, in just a little bit uh, to see uh, how that game is going on. But uh, Ireland leading there as they look for their first uh, win in this year's TikTok Women's Six Nations. As I mentioned, still two all between Manchester City and Liverpool. But some of the other games uh, today, a big win for Brentford over West Ham. Guy Swindles. With defeats for Arsenal, Manchester United and Wolves this weekend, this was the perfect opportunity for West Ham to cement a spot in the top six. But no one had told Brentford, who outplayed a tired-looking Hammers team, who never really looked like scoring. As for the Bees, that's four wins out of four when Christian Eriksen starts. And with 36 points already, they look certain to stay up this season. A wonderful achievement. Bees boss Thomas Frank expressed his pride in his players after the game, particularly given the opposition. For Hammers manager David Moyes, it was a game too far after the Europa League on Thursday. But he had, and just shouldn't have had, any complaints. Brentford 2, West Ham 0. I'll say West Ham has six points off Tottenham, who are in the last automatic Champions League place after that. And as Guy mentioned there, David Moyes did say it was a match too far for them. Sometimes the, the Thursday-Sunday football is not easy. I think probably the early part of the season we we done we coped with it much better. Uh, certainly in the group stages we changed a few players, but now we're beginning to sort of rely on maybe a certain amount of players. So it's just just catching us a little bit. A massive results uh, at the bottom end of the table today is Norwich uh, picking up a huge three points in their battle to avoid the drop. They've beaten Burnley two 0 Ian Beach. Norwich two Burnley nil. Goals at either end of the game proving a real blow for Burnley, but giving Norwich a glimmer of hope. Pierre Lise Melou scored in the ninth minute and Timu Puki in the 85th. Norwich were on top for about two thirds of the game, but Burnley will be kicking themselves over a glorious chance missed while the score was still one nil. Maxwell Cornet shot over from close range when he seen 
team certain to score. Norwich 2, Burnley 0. So that's Norwich's first win in nine top flight games and losing seven points from safety as well. Still a lot of work to do if they're to avoid the drop. Their manager, Dean Smith, says the result sends a message to their relegation rivals. I think he just still shows that we're fighting. Um, I think that was really important for us and our supporters to, to show that you know we can try and stretch it to the distance where we can. And um, that gives our dressing room an awful lot of belief. Elsewhere today, Leicester City seeing off LA Crystal fight back to beat them 2-1 in the Premier League today. Adam Drury. Leicester survived the late fight back from Crystal Palace to roll out as 2-1 winners. The Foxes took the lead on 39 through Luckman and Dewsbury Hall made it 2 on the stroke of half-time. Palace were handed a lifeline on 66 when a retaken penalty saw Zaha score on the rebound after Schmeichel had saved the initial spot kick. The win sees Leicester leapfrog the Eagles in the table and end Palace's seven-game unbeaten run. Full-time at the King Power Stadium, it finished Leicester 2, Crystal Palace 1. So that's now four wins from their last top six games from the Foxes in the Premier League manager Brendan Rodgers delighted with his, with the way his team responded after what was a, a tough European tie for them midweek obviously it was an intense game on, on Thursday but uh, yeah I was, I was delighted with the performance and the result that the players played with a great urgency and intensity in the game pressed it really well we had lots of really good moments with the ball but yeah the, the players were magnificent and 15 minutes to go at the Etihad still to a piece there we'll get you up to date there if there's any uh, goals uh, come in there Coventry shocking the championship leaders Fulham by three goals to one today to keep their hopes of finishing the playoff places alive their victory's taking them to within six points of the top six Fulham though remain ten points clear at the top of the table Kamara Roof scored a hat-trick as Rangers hammered St Mirren 4-0 in the Scottish Premiership today that win has moved them to within six points of leader Celtic at the top of the table uh, Roof uh, is uh, says he's well able to handle the pressure of leading the attack in the absence of top scorer Alfredo Morelos I think I've proved it already regardless of today or last games I've, I've been here for nearly two years and I feel like I've proved this already Alright it's the, the most wonderful time of the year the most wonderful Sunday of the year the Masters at Augusta later on this evening the final round I cannot wait to sit down on the couch and not move for about four hours while I watch this it's going to be absolutely brilliant the world number one is Scotty Scheffler he takes a three shot lead into the final round today he tees off at 20 to 8 Irish time from 9 under par the Australian uh, Cameron Smith is second on 6 under par now uh, Scheffler's caddy is Ted Scott who twice held Bubba Watson to victory in the tournament so Scheffler's hopeful that Scott's experience will keep him calm when the pressure is on Teddy's a really peaceful guy he doesn't really react to much I mean, I, we talk about pretty much every shot, so I can't remember a shot in which he didn't help me on unless I was tapping in. I mean, we talk about everything out there, and you know, that helps me be prepared to hit a good shot and just be committed to what I'm doing. So he's out uh, tonight, 28 hours time alongside Cameron Smith on 9 under par. Cameron Smith is on 6 under par. Uh, Korea Sung J.M. is on 4 under par. Ireland Shane Lowry's in a tie for 4th with Charles Swartzel on 2 under par. Lowry out at half past 7 alongside him later on today. Shane Lowry, uh, Roy McIlroy, I do beg your pardon, is in a tie for ninth place. He is on 1 over par. He'll tee off his final round uh, just before 7pm today. Seamus Power, meanwhile, level par through 6 today. He remains at six over par. Tiger Woods, meanwhile, it's been a tough uh, weekend for him in quite obvious pain um, from his leg. He started okay Monday with that one under 71. Um, battled all the way through it. Um, but just you could see yesterday um, that he was grimacing on the course. Um, that he was very, very uncomfortable and very much a, a lot of pain. And uh, he is now uh, nine over par today. 
Um, he has played nine holes of his final round and uh, yeah it's just a bit of a struggle uh, for him uh, to be honest but great to see him back it was a great moment seeming on the, to see him on the first tee today uh, but yeah just a bridge too far I think uh, for Woods this week I'm uh, going to hear now from uh, Shane Lowry actually before we move on uh, Lowry two under par he's got a bit of work to do if he uh, has to uh, come back into it not impossible but he is seven shots uh, behind the leader but he was delighted with his round three yesterday yeah I would say that's probably one of the best rounds I've ever played to be honest it's, uh, it was extremely difficult out there but um you know, I just went out and I kind of said to myself, I started today, I'm going to take whatever it gives me today and, and hope for the best. And, you know, thankfully that's the 68 and I'm in a good position now. What is it about your game that performs well and holds up so well in the wind? Um, I think, personally, I just think I'm a good wind player. You know, I, you know, without picking up, I think the equipment I use, the ball, the tricks on ball is so good in the wind that I, you know, not that I find it easy. I just find it easier. I just, you know, I can hit it straighter in the wind, and um, I can really flight it into the wind. The likes of twelve is, uh, you know, obviously very tricky into that wind, and I, I just feel like I've really, you know, I've got a lot of control on my ball. So, um, yeah, I, I feel comfortable playing in those conditions. Look, I don't enjoy it because it's so difficult, um, especially when you know at Augusta National, you're only ever one bad shot away from a disaster, and um, you know, thankfully there's none of them today, and uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend now. Four under an incredible round today. There was that chip in at 10, the near eagle at 15. What was the highlight for you? Yeah, well, the chip in on 10, to be honest, that, that was, uh, that was, you know, I was quite fortunate there. That was kind of, let's give myself a chance, a 15 footer for a par and maybe try and, you know, at worst make bogey. And uh, yeah, that's, I saved two shots there. So that was uh, kind of kick started the rest of my round. I played lovely from there on in and gave myself quite a few chances. And, um, you know, I was disappointed not to hold that one on the last. And I got me into the last group. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a good position. Yes, Laurie out at half past seven this evening should be a very, very interesting evening's uh, watching, as it always is at the Masters at Augusta. So, really looking forward to watching the final round tonight. The All Ireland Ladies Football Champions Meath have added a league title to their trophy cabinet. They've won Division One for the first time in their history. They're a two eight to one nine win over Donegal today. Carried the Division Two champions. They got past Armagh by one twelve to twelve points in the Christy Ring Cup today. Victories for Derry and Kildare. Derry beating Wicklow one twenty one to one. Nine. The Lilywides dominating Mayo 526 to 11 points in the Nicky Rackard Cup today. Tyrone getting the better of Warwickshire 719 to 211 is how that finished. Elsewhere, Ross Common have beaten Armagh 519 to 27. Donegal beating Fermanagh 121 to 213. We're going to go live to uh, uh, Dylan in just a little bit in uh, Musgrave Park, but it's Ireland leading by 10 points to 3 in the second half there against Italy in the women's Six Nations Ireland looking to pick up their first win Leicester Tigers meanwhile have beaten Claremont in the first leg of their last 16 tie in the Champions Cup it finished 29 points to 10 to the English side in France Montpellier have one foot in the last eight as well of the European competition after 40 points to 26 win over Harlequins today um, still Man City 2 Liverpool 2 um, in the uh, Premier League 82 minutes now on the clock there and uh, Man City looking to to get in behind Liverpool and they're, they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on them and uh, trying to get in behind that Liverpool 
um, defence, but still, it is uh, Man City 2, Liverpool 2, as things stand there at the moment. All right, we are going to talk rugby now, and uh, Dylan O'Connell is at Musgrave Park uh, covering the game uh, for the Irish Times uh, into the second half. It's Ireland leading. Dylan looking for their uh, second or their first win of this women's TikTok Six Nations uh, campaign uh, and off to a perfect start in the second half as well Dylan Yeah just moments ago a kick on over the top of by Amy Lee Murphy-Crow uh, to the pass where it's straight off the goal line for Ireland's uh, first point in the second half just four minutes in then the crow crow and scored a first conversion of the game and now it is 17-3 to Ireland What type of game has it been so far Dylan? Uh, Ireland are dominating it, dominating possession, dominating set pieces, the scrum, you name it. Like, again, the first example of Ireland's domination was the second try of the game, which came from uh, Ruff, which was just willed over the line by Neil Jones. Uh, so I think that just sums up perfectly Ireland's domination today. Ireland, uh, as I mentioned, are looking for their first win of uh, this Six Nations campaign. It hasn't been easy for them, I suppose. A change in management is never easy, and it takes uh, time for the players to get to know the management, the management to get to know the players. But this would be a morale boosting win for Ireland today. Over 100%, like, especially after going down like 40, uh, 45 last week in France and losing the week before that as well to Wales. And like, uh, so even away from this as well, they lost a lot of big name players as well. Like, like uh, even they lost a few big name players who retired after the ja- uh, Japan Challenge game in November. So, like, you know, this is the perfect, that's just tonic to all the changes, a good, powerful, commanding win. And Dylan, um, a huge crowd there at Musgrave Park as well for the game. Just over 5,000, I believe, which is fantastic. The scene shows that the game here is in, a, in good health in Cork. Over 100%. Like, uh, there's young families here, there's young girls, young boys, there's so many here to support Ireland. It's fantastic to see. And, like, there's such a good like, people so vocal as well, which is unbelievable. It's not just, you know, Ireland are winning crowd, you know, gets good play. It's certain, it's in certain games, but no, you can hear it now from behind me. There's very vocal crowd here today. It's fantastic. All right, John, thanks for having my check in with you closer to the end of the game. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Rory. That's Dylan O'Connell there of the uh, Irish Times reporting there for Cork Red FM uh, from Musgrave Park today uh, as Ireland lead Italy by 17 points to three. And as I mentioned, it would be a big morale boosting win for Ireland uh, were they to, to, to hang on there and get that win because that's just two defeats. It's been a hard start uh, for Ireland. So it'd be fantastic to see them get uh, a win there in Musgrave Park. All right, we are going to uh, look back and talk Mogi and look back on uh, last night's uh, defeat uh, for Cork uh, in the uh, league campaign uh, the, the league final I should say the Little Woods Ireland National Camogie League uh, Division 1 final finished goal by 2-14 Cork 1-13 uh, stunning stunning comeback uh, from Galway they were 6 points down early in the second half went on to win by 4 so a 10 point swing in the second half for Galway um, of course it continues Galway's hoodoo over the Rebels because um, they um, have now won uh, six games in a row um, uh, five consecutive big league and championship games I should say that goes all the way back to the 2019 All-Ireland semi-final um, but yeah disappointment for Cork uh, but they will bounce back from that Ger uh, McCarthy was there for us Ger of course hosts the Women's Sport Podcast every Thursday on redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast but he was there last night to report on the game and spoke to court boss Matthew Toomey OK, Matthew, obviously disappointment with the result, but what did you make of Cork's performance tonight? I'd be very proud of the players. Um, you know, I, I, I think we've, like, I think the league campaign, we've 10 players after starting making their dividends. 
you know, today was bonus territory. We put ourselves in a great position this, at the start of the second half. Um, this is a thing we didn't kick on. Um, we conceded a lot from our own puckouts, which is disappointing. But like I suppose overall, we're happy with the league campaign. It's just disappointing losing another final. When Amy O'Connor got that goal, you were six points up, yeah. and you just come off a really good end to the first half. Did yeah. you feel the tempo drop or that goal we picked it up? I, like, that's why they're all Ireland champions. They came at us and like we had no answer from it, which is unfortunate. Like, but it was something similar last year in the All Ireland final. We went to goal up, and you know they came back at us, but. Um, Look, it, it, it saves a bit of both. To be fair, I think we, we died, our pace dropped a bit, and you know they 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 excelled, you know, and, and they got two vital goals. Um, overall, when you look at the team and you look at the panel and look at the players that haven't been involved in the league campaign, are are you where you want to be heading into the championship? Oh, you'd have to be. Like obviously, you'd love to come off from the back of a win of the league, but look, you have to be happy. Like we're, we're like our panel's getting stronger. Um, as I, I think there was seven goals played out there for the first time in Co Park. Like, you know, it's a, bit, a big day for them as well. But look, we're, we're, we're learning all the time. We're learning about the players as well. And you know, even ourselves, we have to kind of look at ourselves as well from a tactical point of view. So, you know. Um, Sarge McCartan didn't start tonight. What's her update? And what about Orla Cronin in terms of injury? What's the prognosis? Sir? We're hoping Orla Cronin will be back in the next two weeks. Uh, Hannah Looney should be back in the next two or three weeks as well. And Sarge McCartan. We just got an MRI during the week, just to double checking her leg, and there's a the hairline crack in it. So, so we only found out yesterday. Okay, so she's a last for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, just from your own point of view, a lot of new, a new management team in this year. You've all yeah. you've, had, you've had time to learn yourselves and with the players and everything. You got into a league finally. You drew with Kilkenny, and the character of this Cork team and the players that are in it, like Sebastian Thompson, who has really stepped up. Saoirse McCarthy. Yeah. How happy are you with those players? I'd like, be funny. You've yeah. a lot of leaders in the field, and like you know, I suppose that's evident every time we go training. You could see the fellas pushing. It on. Uh, even today, I know Laura Hayes, Sir McCarthy, as you mentioned, like they're Laura Tracy, they're unreal characters. Like so, yeah, you, you have to be happy. And like ourselves, like we're still trying to, you know, get a twist of it. What's the right way to play? And we're trying different things. That's what the league was basically for for us. But you know, as I say, it's, just, it's still disappointing coming out today with our last line. Just finally for me, it is disappointing, but like, what are the positives that you took out of the performance, so especially in the first half? Because like, you kicked on in the second quarter, you got three or four points in a row, and you were really pushing Galway back, and it was only when Kerry Dolan came off the bench. Yeah. Then they yeah. kicked on. Yeah, look, there's, there's a lot of things we're, we're, we're training and training with, the, you know, the, like, I suppose a lot of the, the scores we got in the first half, especially were from kind of things we're, we're practicing and training, trying to just use the ball more intelligently. You know, I think we cost Galway probably on the hop a bit, but they, they were able to readdress it and, and you know, start it up. But, Look, like we have a panel, you know, like as you say, we've used a lot of players, I think 27, 28 players in the league, so, you know, we, we have to be happy, we have, like, we have to look at the positives, you know, it's still April. It's, as you said, new panel, a lot of new players and all that. The last two or three years, Galway have had a habit of nicking Cork beating by point, two points, three points, all that. Would that have played in players' minds, or the fact that it's a new group, is it you, blank po- Possibly would be, because like, um, it's, like, we put ourselves in a position to win the game today, and we didn't see it out. I, again, as I say, it's probably more credit to Galway than, 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 than anything we did, but look, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be reading to it. Like, if, you know, if we meet him again during the year in the Championship, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have that sorted. Like. Mm. And the other thing I was just looking like it was... Your advantage, you feel like, in the first half was you were picking off scores from deep. Like, you had six of your ten, nine points in the first half were from midfield and half back. Yeah. And then that kind of dried up in the second half. Yeah. I think Searsha did get one in the second half, but it was kind of the planned move, the straight down puck out. Like, was that a change in approach? Was that the girls just adapting to the game as they were I, 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 Like, we didn't change anything with our approach. I presume it's 
just got we kind of got cute. Which like you know, the, like we we should have pushed on, we didn't. Um, like there was uh, there was a lot of decisions we made. Like I said, I think the first half they got six or seven points and five for turnovers. Mm-hmm. All errors, little errors came in, and you can't do that with a team like Galway. Like. Really sets up championships now, isn't it? You know, yes. High level teams now. Oh, it is, yeah. Like, to be fair, like, you know, I know everyone talks about, like, ourselves, God, like, Kenny, Tipperary, like, but this, like, we have a very tough, even after seeing Wexford win today, like, you know, this, we have a tough group with Waterford, Wexford, Tipperary, Clare. Do you know, they're all hard games, like, so, but I, I think we, I prefer it that way. Do you know, just that we have to be on our toes every game and just see what we have, like. The big red bench on court for defence Matthew Toomey there speaking uh, to John McCarthy after last night's uh, defeat to Galway in the Littlewoods Ireland National Camogie League uh, Division 1 final. A stunning second half uh, comeback uh, from Galway there securing them the win into time added on between Manchester City and Liverpool um, still two goals apiece. Uh, City just hitting the post there with a the Riyad Mahrez uh, free kick but looks like it's going to finish there uh, by two goals uh, a piece uh, at uh, two goals a piece or it's going to finish two goals a piece what am I trying to say this evening uh, in that Premier League game alright going to go back to, uh, to Croke Park now I'm going to get the views of uh, Galway boss Cahill Murray um, Kyle, first of all congratulations um, Galway have gotten into the habit of winning big games uh, over the last couple of years at half time you're three points down then you can see the goal what was it that turned the game? Do you think in your favour? Carry obviously coming on and having a big game, but was it was it what was it at that moment that your players and ye did to turn things around? Ah, look, it's the players. It's nothing. It's very little you can do when you're on the sideline. Um, we always talk about when we see the goal or a big score like that that we need to get the next couple of points, and that's that made a massive difference. And we went up the field and we got we got two points in a few minutes, and, and that made a massive difference. You know, it's going back to four straight away. But um, look, the girls have huge character. Um, you know. That's when you want to see it when you when you're under pressure in a game, and um, yeah, we're really proud of that consistency we brought to it, and we're really proud of that character that we brought to it. So, you know, look at you need to win the matches, you need big players, and you know, Carrie came on made a massive difference already. Catherine Fernandez made a massive difference, but I think the players was on the field as well. You know, they stood up and they started to count. You know, they started being counted. We worked way way harder, and we used the ball an awful lot better, and um, ran and caught a small bit more, which we weren't doing in the first half. Yeah, I want to ask, were you concerned at halftime? Because obviously you're three points down, then the goal goes in. But what was the thinking at halftime? Because I don't think he played to your full optimum, or maybe he hadn't been allowed. I hadn't been allowed. Look, Cocker, a quality team. And uh, to be honest, my own feelings at halftime was we were very, very lucky to be the only three points down. Cocker were by far the better team in the first half. Um, we, we could, we, we, we got a few good scores to keep us in the game. Um, look, we, were, we weren't using the ball well. You know, we, we were we were hitting it from from too far back and and not working it up far enough up the field. And in fairness, Laura Tracy was having a huge huge impact in the first half as a sweeper. You know, she's she's a quality player. And um, but you know, we, we were making it easy for her too in ways. You know, just 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 belting ball and not really directing it where we needed to. I didn't think our work as it was good in the first half. It up to considerably in the second half. And um, listen, we're proud to win it, but that we know that game could have been either way. We know they're in final last year could have gone either way. Um, Parker quality team and, and they're going to improve from this and, and they're they're going to learn loads from this as well as, as are we. Kerry Dolan didn't start. Okay, she comes on and has this kind of an impact. You're going to be asked the question, like, well, why didn't she start? But was it a tactical thing or was it just something? <laughs> no, it wasn't a tactical thing. Look at, you know, we... we, we we try and pick the team on form. That's where that's where we felt the the form players were at the time. And look at we we're trying to develop a, a panel and trying to get a bit more depth to our panel. And um, you need them sort of players coming off the bench. And um, 
Carrie was exceptional. You know, she she she, she really shoved it up to us, and that's what we want her to do. To be honest with you, and that's what we we look for all our our, our players, all our subs to do. You know, as I said. It's, it's a really competitive squad and a really competitive panel and we're just trying to, to build that competitiveness and, and, and things like that, you know, competition is huge for places and that's what we want. Last one from me, um, this is a really talented Galway team, it's in a window, there's a huge amount of experienced players, I know you've got some more talent coming through, but you've also developed the champions mentality that a lot of teams would have fallen away there in six points down against Cork, not Galway. You must be really pleased now, not so much winning the league, but the way you've won the league going into the championship. Yeah, we're really, really proud of that to be honest with you. And, and we've been in really sticky situations at different times over the last couple of years, you know, down in Cannon last year, you know, they were in final against Cork last year and, and today again. And in, in fairness against Tipperary a few weeks ago in Benislow, where, you know, we were really lucky to come out of that. But that's a good sign of a team. But listen, we're not going to get carried away either, you know. I think the same thing was being said about Kilkenny last year after they won the league after winning their learned, you know, and you know, Cork are going to learn a huge amount from that. You know, Kilkenny and Tipperary and all these teams looking in are going to learn a huge amount from that. And um, we're halfway through a year, and at the end of the day, as players and as management, we're going to be judged on how we do in the learning final, and or they're learning serious. So, you know, that's what we're going to be judged on. And at the end of the day, if, if, if Cork turn around, they'll take losing the league if they're going to win and learn that run there. A lot of similarities, Colin, to last say last year's All Ireland final. Like you, you found yourselves in a tight spot, but really great response, isn't it? You must be good. Yeah, really, really proud. You know, look at, I suppose, you know, we talked about at half time about, about getting a good start. We, we didn't get that good start in the second half. We talked about upping our work rate and using the ball better. But you know, that all goes out the window when you concede an early goal. To be honest with you, and and as I said there, I don't have any. You know, we can't do much of that on the sideline. That has to come from the players. And in fairness, they stood up and and getting the next two points is really, really important. And um, look, that settles back into the game. But you know, I felt in the second half we, when we used the ball and when we got into the spaces where we could run at Cork, we, we really caused them trouble. But um, look, they're a quality team, and then we, we we all know that could go gone either way. The same with Ashes learning final, and it's it's a really good rivalry now, and a really, you know, it's, it's it's going to stay going because they're a quality team, and they're going to improve from today as well. It's a really tough championship now, isn't it? Like Tipper coming strong all the time, aren't they? You know. Just it's so hard to win these competitions, isn't it? You know? Yeah, you're looking at probably you have a top four with, with, with Galway and Cork and, and Kilkenny and Tipperary. But there's another few teams that are improving as well. Like, and um, you know, listen, it's it's it is a tough championship. Um, you know, there's, there's four quality teams there, and you know, on any given day, any of them four teams can beat the other team. That's that's for sure, and, and we know that. So um, look, at, we're, we're halfway through. We'll, we'll take a couple of weeks off now, and we'll we'll, we'll see where the first round. We don't, we don't we're not sure who we're playing yet in the first round, but we, you know, that's what we'll concentrate on. Just actually, when I think the, the newcomers, let's say let's say Rachel Hanafy now and Sabine Rabbit coming on at the end, how pleased have you been? With you know, the, the new faces that have broken in this year, and you know, got good game time. Yeah, new faces. Look, when we came in in, in, in nineteen. Or, or in the day when we came in in 19 we, we took over the intermediates as well as, as, as a management and, and I think we've, we've found an awful lot of players that come up through the intermediate ranks now and played really really well and, and now we've gone on to play senior Derby Higgins would be a prime example a few years ago you know Anya and Rachel Hanfield were absolutely outstanding last year for the intermediates and you know they've, they've continued that and they've got their chance in the league and, and that's great to see with the likes of Becky Hinley as well and, and Roisin Black and, and Eve Hanifield didn't start their learning final last year you know they, them sort of players have all gone on and improved as well like, and it's look at things are going really well at the moment but it's, it's, it's April it's the first week in April we're not going to get carried away um, it's a long long way to go to, to the 7th of August and um, look at the end of the day as I said Cork won't improve massively from this but there's other teams out there that can beat us as well and we know that if we're off we're, we're not going to win matches 
the Big Red Bench on Cork FM that's Galway's Carl uh, Murray there speaking to Jar uh, after uh, beating Cork last night uh, as well to confirm that uh, Waterford uh, can't fulfil the uh, Senior Camogie Championship fixture against Cork on Sunday that was supposed to be the curtain raiser for Cork and Limerick in Cork Equive was supposed to start at 2 o'clock next Sunday but uh, Munster, P- uh, Munster Camogie have confirmed that it's now not going ahead it's uh, thought it'll go ahead now uh, it is going to go ahead on Sunday April 24th uh, instead uh, so that was confirmed last night as well all over in the Premier League as well and uh, it has finished all square Manchester City 2 Liverpool 2 is how that finished we'll get you a full time report on that one in just a sec now still to come on the show we are going to hear from uh, Cork uh, football selector Des Conlan but up next we're going to hear from The Rock himself Jim O'Sullivan Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you until 7pm this evening. Thank you very, very much indeed uh, for joining us on the Big Red Bench. If you've missed it, it finished uh, two all between uh, Manchester City and Liverpool. Get your full-time report on that one in just a bit. Elsewhere, Ireland are currently in action against Italy in Musgrave Park in the TikTok Women's Six Nations. And uh, it's going very, very well indeed for Ireland as they look to pick up their first win in this year's competition um, in front of a big crowd of uh, 5,000 people at uh, Musgrave Park as well. Um, Neave Higgins has just gone over for a try uh, to extend Ireland's these now. Ireland 24, Italy 3. So things are going very, very well there indeed for Ireland, but we'll keep you up to date on that. We'll go back to, to Dylan as well to get uh, a live update from him. Now, uh, of course, as I mentioned uh, just uh, before the break, Cork and Limerick in the Munster Championship is uh, this day week. It should be an absolutely cracking occasion in front of what should be uh, pretty close to a cello crowd down in the park. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Earlier on this week, I hosted a fantastic event. Uh, with Sports Direct and Cork GA uh, to celebrate the second year of their partnership and um, to launch the new Cork training kit as well, Pink Training Kit. It's absolutely fantastic. So myself and Valerie Wheeler, who is of course once of this parish, uh, we hosted a couple of panel discussions on the night. Uh, we heard from um, Des Cullinan, the Cork Senior Football Selector. We heard from uh, Jeremy O'Sullivan, um, the uh, Senior um, Cork Senior Hurling Manager. Uh, part of the Cork City Hurling management team also Paul Kerrigan was part of that panel as well and the legend that is uh, Tomas Mulcahy that was panel one second panel was uh, Patrick Horgan Stephen Sherlock uh, we heard from Orla Cronin and uh, Cork legend Valerie Mulcahy as well thoroughly enjoyable evening uh, down in Porky Cueve uh, but while I was on stage our man Oshin Langan uh, was busy catching up uh, with uh, Des Cullinan and uh, Jim O'Sullivan we'll hear from Des Cullinan in just a bit uh, first though we are going to hear from uh, Jim O'Sullivan uh, speaking at that event uh, with Sports Director Corkier and Cork's Red FM it was just such a brilliant I'll talk to you about more about that in a sec We're joined by Cork Hurling Selector Jim O'Sullivan at the Sports Direct and Cork GA Championship Preview live event at Porky Cueve. The preview looked ahead to an action-packed summer of sport for Cork GA and also saw the launch of the new pink training kit for Cork GA. The event marked the second year of Sports Direct's partnership with Cork GA that sees them support the senior, under 20 and minor panels across both hurling and football. The new kit will be available in store from May 2022. Dermot, I'm being... Um 
quiet for once in my life because the event is going on beside us there but um, it's all getting very exciting now isn't it coming up to championship there's always a kind of a, a different feeling around championship than there is around league yeah look um, the league is the league is done dusted um, you know what greater buzz around Cork for the, for the next 10 days than a build up to a monster championship campaign um, welcoming the ultimate champion to Parky Cueve you know and, and we have to ref- re- reference them as the ultimate champion they have what what they've done for the game over the last number of years the way they've revolutionised it through John and Paul Canuck's ideas um, you know I think they, they've pushed others to to greater lengths to catch up and you know it's been a wonderful challenge for both Cork and other counties to accept to see where we're at but look it's going to make for a wonderful summer of hurling We'll look ahead more to the championship in a moment but first let's book, look back on the league when you're assessing it do you look at the final as a separate thing to the rest of the league because the rest of the league went so well the final not so well or do you put it all in together and kind of take learnings from all of it no you're right look we have to we, we played seven games we'll take the seven games as a collective it would be very unfair of us to define um, a league campaign over the course of 170 minutes we have metrics around the, around our game we have uh, you know that we and measurables that we we like to uh we, we like to see can we meet throughout this through, through each individual game and as a management team we're quite happy we've we've been there thereabouts in, in what we'd like to achieve in the measurables and goals so um, and, and the metrics so yeah look it's like can you define one player in a performance no you can't you have to be fair to that player and look back at the course of his training and his league campaign and, and then you decide and you define that player whether well, he has been or not, has not been a success throughout the campaign can you share some of the metrics with us and give us a bit of detail as to what, what they are? No. Probably not. <laughs> not at this moment in time. Okay. Were you looking though to maybe have a look at uh, newer players deep in the squad and if so, have you done that? Absolutely. We, I think we used 33 30 slash 34 players throughout the course of the league. Um, a lot of guys got a lot of valuable minutes. A lot of younger players, you said, came in. Um, again, but as much as it was valuable for, for them younger lads, it was equally as valuable for guys who were in the middle middle of their career and guys who were probably, you know, at the peak of their career and some guys are, are getting towards the end of their career. So I think it was, it, it again, you evaluate the, the whole squad as a merit, not just as, as one as one group, you know, we are, are, are as one one section of the group. We're, we're a complete group. We have guys from the age of 19 right through to 34 years of age, so we evaluate as a, as a collective. It'll sound like a silly statement because I'm saying it about an inter-county hurling squad, but you've got great hurlers. That's a great basis for anyone to work with and any squad to build from. Oh, absolutely. Look, we're, we're, we're very lucky. Some of the the work um, in the other age structures, you know, that we, we saw the fruits of that come to the fore last year. Um, we're lucky enough now to get some of that, so we need to harness that talent the best we can, ally that with what we have. Um, we have some of the best hurlers in the country on our on our day, so we 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 marry that group together. And we, we, again, look, you know, we feel we we feel comfortable with the group. And you've already mentioned it, but Limerick here first up in the championship here in Parky Cueve, where we're sitting at the moment. That's going to be some occasion. It's going to be absolutely packed. It's going to be, even though it's a round robin system, it's going to have that real championship feel. I imagine you can't wait for that. The players can't wait for it. There's a there's a buzz among the camp. Absolutely, as I, as I referenced them there, we'll go to the ultimate champion. You know, you look through their you through their team right from uh, Nicky Quaid right up to Peter Casey in the full forward line. There, they've incredible hurling throughout the field, um, and then they can welcome back a talent like Mike Casey into their squad. You know, 
it, it's surreal to think about their strength and depth and, and how others and, and where others are in, in terms of, of playing catch-up with Limerick. But look, we'll relish the challenge. No doubt other counties that are facing throughout their own Robin system will definitely relish that challenge as well. Will you look back much on the All-Ireland final last year? Will you use that as a motivator? Or does that game have any relevance to this? No relevance because, you know, you can't live in the future. Or, or you can't live in the past, sorry. Um, what's gone is gone. We can never get that day back in our lives again. So, again, we, we haven't even referenced it throughout, throughout any stage. It's, it's well parked. Um, each game is on its own merits. The 17th of, May, 17th of April will be a new game. I've no doubt some stage throughout the, the course of the year we'll meet Limerick again. And, you know, that game will be valued, valued or measured on the merits of that day as well. It's going to be a great occasion, probably a great match as well, given the way the two teams play. Best of luck. Absolutely. We can't wait for a brilliant occasion. Yeah, that was Dermot O'Sullivan there, the Rock himself, speaking at uh, an event uh, that uh, I was at earlier on in the week, Sports Direct and Cork GA, celebrating the second year of their partnership, uh, along with Cork's Red FM as well. A fantastic night, Dave. Matt broadcast live uh, from uh, Porky Cueve that evening, and uh, Philip Burke was there. Um, doing all the technical stuff because Philip Burke is a wizard with all that stuff uh, and Valerie and I uh, presented uh, some panel discussions uh, that evening and it helped launch the new Cork Pink training kit which uh, as Oshin mentioned there is out in May but it was a really really enjoyable evening it's got me fantastically excited uh, for the championship uh, this week alright uh, we're going to hear from Des Cullinan very shortly first though um, to the Etihad we go and that's uh, to all draw between Manchester City and Liverpool what was a cracking game of football Peter Smith it's as you were the top of the Premier League with so little to choose between these two great sides once again Liverpool will look to their resilience having twice come from behind City were left to rue a VAR call when Sterling hit the net in the second half at this rate the title race will go down to the final day once again the sides meet once more at Wembley in the FA Cup semi-final at the weekend. Something will have to give in that encounter. This latest instalment ended City 2, Liverpool 2. All right, we are going to go back to that event uh, in Porky Cueve uh, earlier on in the week uh, while I was on stage at the second panel. Uh, you can hear me talking in the background there of that interview with uh, Jamie O'Sullivan. Uh, Ocean Olds got thoughts of uh, Cork Football Selector Des Colin. We're joined by Cork football selector Des Cullinan at the Sports Direct and Cork GA Championship Preview live event at Porky Cueve. The preview looked ahead to an action-packed summer of sport for Cork GA and also saw the launch of a new pink training kit for Cork GA. The event marked the second year of Sports Direct's partnership with Cork GA that sees them support the senior, under 20 and minor panels across both hurling and football. The new kit, by the way, will be available in store from May 2022. Des, how are you? Good, very good. Good, good. Um, I, 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 it wasn't one of my planned questions, but since Dermot O'Sullivan was here today and was talking to you about uh, wanting to mark David Clifford for the footballers, God, you'd love to have Dermot back in the panel, wouldn't you? You'd love to have him playing for fo- football for Cork again. But, but it got me thinking how great an athlete he was. Like, what an icon. Hurling and football for Cork. I don't think we'll ever see a, a dual player at that kind of um, level ever, ever again due to the commitments, but what an icon. Yeah, and it was amazing. He played full back in hurling and he was kind of a centre forward in football or a full forward, you know. But he was a man of many talents. I actually saw him play rugby for Middleton as well and he was quite good on the wing under the high ball, you know. So he was kind of the prototype of the modern rugby player now when you see a kind of a, an 18 stone guy running at speed towards you so maybe he was a bit ahead of his time when he was playing on the wing for Middleton back then you know yeah well he's a selector with the Cork Hurlers and uh, no better man to give the backs tips 
on how to play and the forwards as well because he yeah. was a very good hurling forward for Klein. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Cork's league campaign. You stayed up, which is a big achievement, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, at the start of the year when we took up the job in December the 8th, 2021, we were, our ambition was to get up to Division 1 football. Um, you know, very quickly we kind of we struggled in a lot of matches we had a lot of injuries we were blooding a lot of new players so you know very quickly we kind of came under pressure we knew we were going to struggle to gain promotion and you know by halfway through the season we were kind of in a struggle to maintain our status and we were delighted like the way the lads responded you know I mean we had a bad day in the office against Meath. We thought we were going well then and we struggled above there. But we really kind of circled the wagons and had a serious look at ourselves. And, you know, we targeted then the two games. We had to target. We had to beat down and we had to beat Offaly. And we were delighted that the lads showed a resolve that they came through and won both those games, you know. I'm sure you would, you would rather have won all the games and got up without a problem. But in some ways, have the guys learned more about the way, about themselves and about, you know, playing football at this level, given the way it went and given the way, as you say, you had to circle the wagons and, and, and fight to stay in Division 2 and everything that that meant with the Talton Cup and all that and staying in San Maguire. Absolutely. And I think the management team learned a lot as well. You know, I mean, we went out and we were kind of toying with different styles of football, what would work for us and everything like that. And, you know, we went out and we tried to win games. I mean, the Galway game was a fantastic game of football. We threw up a big score on the night and yet we conceded a lot of scores as well. So we had to kind of learn from the lessons that we learned. And I think that's going to be very good for us going forward as well. The Talton Cup, we were aware like that we could possibly end up in it, but it, it didn't dominate us. We're more worried about, you know, providing good, challenging games to to our players even again next year and like next year in the league we can look forward to Dublin Kildare Derry Meath you know teams that could be genuine contenders for provincial honours next year and you know I, I think that will benefit our, our, our still very young players in their development as well so it was important for us to stay in the division you know and maybe next year you know, we can push on and target you know games and try to get up We've seen it at minor and under 20 level in the last couple of years Cork have been very good is it going to take another while for that success to translate or is it happening as we speak? It'll probably take a while. I mean, again, look, just from the benefit of my own experience, what I've noticed like, is that the transition from even from 20 to minor or to senior is a big jump. It's, it's the physical conditioning of the, the teams that we've come across, you know. Like, we've, we were playing teams this year that are probably two or three years down the road, the Derrys, the Galways, the Ross Commons. You saw, like, Ross Common, you know, are a, are a settled team. They have a lot of mature, physical players. And, like, our guys are a small bit behind that. And we, we just need to get them up to that level of physical conditioning. And that takes a while. Like, you can't wave a magic wand and have fellas bigger and stronger and faster overnight, you know. So it's a work in progress. Do you think fans get that? Because uh, I suppose fans of all sports can be impatient, but I do get a feeling that Cork fans get it and you will get that kind of breathing room that you need. And Keith and yourself and all the management team, you're, you're quite honest about that as well. You're not promising anything instantly. Yeah, but look, you know, we are ambitious. We want to win. You know, yeah. the Jeepers, we'd love to be Munster champions and All-Ireland champions and we'll do everything in our power to achieve that. But you know you also as you said have to be realistic you know these are a lot of young lads no a lot of them have minor medals and they have under 20 medals in their back pockets so they're they're used to winning um you know we've a good couple of Sigerson cup winners and Sigerson cup finalists and even on the you know on the management side we've got guys who've trained 
teams, you know, to success at national level, at, at, at local level. John Cleary is a, a, a double All Ireland winner, winner himself, you know. So, like, we are kind of serious about it, but we're also realistic. We know there's a lot of work to be done, and like the work only started four months ago, and we're we're we're, we're confident, like, with the players, and they're very very committed to the Cork cause, you know, that they will put in the effort and that we will get our rewards, you know. Does that count for an awful lot, the fact that a lot of these players have had success over Kerry and a lot of other good teams at underage level? Well, it has to. I mean, we reminded ourselves of that when we played awfully in Tullamore. The last time a lot of our players had been in Tullamore, we'd beat Tyrone in the under-20 All-Ireland semi-final. So it, it wasn't the ground that guys were unfamiliar with, you know. And, you know, it, it does mean a lot. But it also, you have to be realistic because the step up is a, is, is a big one, you know. Yeah. It is Kerry, and I want to talk about the actual game as opposed to where the game is on. It, is it a free shot? Is the pressure off court going into this because Kerry are such overwhelming favourites? No, the pressure is never off when you're no. playing Kerry, you know. Um, like for most Cork football fans, you know, they feel it. It's, it's, it's the game. Um, a lot of the fans from West Cork, like they tell us they're living on the border and there's an awful lot of Kerry people living in Cork as well. And, you know, for bragging rights, you know, I, you know we're, we're all looking at social media in the last week and they're all telling us they could play us anywhere and they'd beat us by 20 or 30 points. So there is that element of, of, of you know, challenge for us. Um, it's not a free shot, like, but I look, in fairness, we're honest enough to admit that most people expect Kerry to win, and that's good analysis. Like, you can't argue with that. But I do think, you know, that we have guys that are passionate about Cork football that will put in a huge effort. And, you know, people wrote Cork off two years ago as well, even, you know, and, you know, anything is possible in sport. At the end of the day, sport is 15 against 15, you know, on the day, and we're confident enough that we can put in a performance. Guys will relish that, though, won't they? Going up against the best, and even I'm sure Sean Meehan last year, although overall the game didn't go well, and I appreciate there's been a lot of change since Sean Meehan did well against David Clayford. Now, sadly, he's probably not going to be available for this, but it just showed that if you relish challenge, maybe sometimes you can rise to the challenge. Well, you have to relish a challenge. I mean, being a senior inter-county footballer, it was a huge commitment. Like the amount of training and the sacrifices they make, you know. And you'd have to say, why would you make the sacrifice if you didn't believe that you had a chance of, of, of success or winning, you know? And like Cork people by their nature are, are competitive and they're ambitious and Cork footballers are no different. And, you know, we do relish the challenge. We realise the enormity of it, but we relish that challenge as well. And just before I let you go, I know we're a while out from the game, but do you have any injury news or updates? No, but things are moving along nicely. Like, unfortunately, Sean Meehan won't be back, you know, but we're kind of optimistic that a number of the other players, you know, could be available, like Brian Hartnett, um, Paul Walsh, um, Morris Shanley, you know, a lot of these guys, Chris Oak, Jones, you know, they're training well, they're rehabbing well, and we're confident that they'll put pressure on the, the players who carried us through the National League, and they'd be a big asset to us, you know. Okay, Des Conan, Cork Football Selector, thank you very much for joining us at the Sports Direct at Cork GA preview event also of course this was the launch of the new pink training jersey which is in store uh, from May 2022 Des thank you thank you very much and best of luck yeah it was lovely to, to hear from Des Connellanan and chat to him on stage it was great to hear Oshin's uh, conversation uh, with Des there um, ahead of that yeah, huge uh, Cork uh, the uh, Kerry clash in the championship um, no matter where it's played in if it's going to be in Cork or if it's going to be in Killarney it's going to be a, a cracking occasion and as Des was mentioning there look he admits that uh, Kerry are favourites there's no reason why they can't uh, give it a, a huge go so really looking forward uh, 
to that. All right, as we mentioned earlier in the show, finished Man City uh, to Liverpool to... Um yeah, Kevin De Bruyne uh, was in good form today, but he says uh, they, they should have won the game. Uh, to be fair, I think we played excellent. I know we conceded two goals, but uh, I think the, the way we played today was very good. Should have scored more. Uh, it is what it is. We keep going. Uh, we're going to hear uh, from uh, Lucy Quinn, uh, Republic of Ireland and Birmingham City forward Ireland playing uh, Sweden uh, in Gothenburg in the World Cup qualifier on Tuesday. COVID-19 scare though for the Swedes um, ahead of the game, which kicks off at half past five. Amanda Nielden, Fridolina, Rolfon, Philippa, Angel Dahl were all uh, missing from training today because of COVID-19. Um, so their uh, camp uh, rocks uh, through uh, COVID-19 ahead of the game which is on on Tuesday we're going to hear now from Lucy Quinn speaking ahead of that game Okay Lucy so we are a few days out from the rematch against Sweden is that how you guys are looking at it another crack off this team who uh, you didn't look too far off last time let's face it Yeah obviously they're an outstanding team Um, they are in the world rankings where they deserve to be and we put on a really good performance against them especially in front of our home fans I think that helped massively so we're aware of the challenge that it will be to go there and play Um, obviously they've sold a lot of tickets and they're going to be flying coming off of their club seasons as well so yeah it's uh, the rematch as you say but it's it's a very different challenge and one that we're going to have to prepare for do you enjoy the label of being an underdog in a game yeah I think I've always been an underdog um, anywhere I've played and yeah I think it just makes you obviously want to prove people wrong you have to work twice as hard and yeah it's something that I really enjoy personally it's something I guess that you probably had to get used to the season in the WSL to a certain point yeah no definitely but again I, I really enjoy that you know there's no pressure no one expects much of you um, so I really like to go out there and, and kind of show people what I can do and, and as a team I think it, it helps because I think it's a brilliant motivation and, and yeah really gets everyone going What's your best position? This is a good question um, To be fair I think I'm slightly better out wider so whether that be like as a 10 that can float out wide or a winger um, but yeah I've played all over I just like to be in the forward line um, linking up play and hopefully getting some goals You've got a bit of time in midfield as well recently. Yeah, no, I've played slightly deeper. Um, it is something that I definitely want to add to my game, um, playing in the middle, maybe as an eight, or even the older I get, dropping a <laughs> bit deeper back, the slower I get. So, yeah, no, that's something that being in the middle of the park presents completely different challenges. Your awareness, your scanning, um, the fitness just is, is completely different. So, yeah, it's something I'd like to do, but I think my best position would be out on the wing and I'll let the technicians take care of that bit that's interesting because I was chatting to Louise Quinn about the difference between playing in a back two and a back three and she says when she's in a back three uh, as you say there's more scanning there's more you use your awareness a bit more for you I presume the closer you are to goal it's far more based on instinct oh yeah definitely I think when I overthink things in front of goal I think you can tell Um, every goal I've ever scored in my career always happens completely different in my head to when I watch it back after the game it's it's just pure instinct and I wouldn't change that because it's just kind of what your feet do in the moment or head sometimes rarely how do you explain it then what does make a good goal scorer in those kind of instinctive positions it's strange actually I had a similar conversation with uh, Katie yesterday about in my opinion you can't teach someone to be a goal scorer I think it's something that you have I think you can see it in young players when they have an eye for goal and 
you know sometimes there's a pass on and they're like actually no I'm just going to have a shot myself or so yeah I think you can you can make good strikers by teaching them movement and awareness and obviously footwork um, but for me I think you can always see yeah that girl's got an eye for goal and she's going to get some goals So how do you work on your goal scoring capabilities at the moment then? Um, we do a lot of stuff after training um, we do a lot of stuff in groups with maybe movements in the box and that's stuff that I really enjoy like I'll always be staying out there uh, last on the training pitch if it's set pieces dead ball situations or, or yeah like we said uh, like strikers drills um, but yeah for me a massive way that I learn is, is watching video footage back of, of the games for me that's benefited me massively things that I didn't necessarily see at the time and that I need to look for next time maybe and as you say it looks completely different to how it felt yeah massively so sometimes I, I will think that I see a gap somewhere when there's not a gap there at all or I didn't see a player to my left so I like to watch that back and then the next time I'm in that situation hopefully I'll just double check for that one and, and yeah learn that way do you watch other players as well or is it just yourself that you watch? Yeah, no, massively as men's football but also when women's football you, you're always watching YouTube videos and stuff. Someone that I really like to watch is Denise. Um, she'll, you know, take the mick out of me for saying that but <laughs> those sorts of players um, that you watch on the ball and what they're doing and yeah, I think it helps you learn massively because yeah, you feel realistic. You're not too far away from that and you can kind of use what they do in their game. She's not here so you can say it. So what, what do you look into when you watch Denise O'Sullivan? I mean, sometimes I'll just be on the pitch with her and I'll just find myself standing and watching when I probably should be like running or making like a supporting angle. But yeah, just players that get on the ball and just ultimately have complete control of all the players around them, whether it's she's like using her body to shift different ways rather than actually manipulating the ball. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating to watch. And yeah, she'll get a good good little ego boost out of that one now. Because we, we don't see it. And what we do see in, in the games is, is pretty amazing from her. But what are you seeing in training that the rest of us don't see? Yeah, do you know what? In, in training, it's even more special because she, obviously you're put in certain situations within training drills that maybe we don't get to as often in the games um so with her she's yeah she's constantly chipping goalkeepers step overs selling people creating goals and then she's got the ability to transfer that into into a game so she can go 90 minutes with a lot of defending work and she gets that one chance to hit the top corner and she'll hit it and i think that's what makes her world class all right the big red bench on court fella fam and uh, that was lucy quinn there speaking ahead of the game against sweden at this coming tuesday 5 30 kickoff in gothenburg but that is it from us tonight for The Big Red Bench. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. Our podcast will be online, redfm.ie, if uh, you want to uh, check that out, or you can download it from wherever you download your podcasts from. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Be sure and follow us on social media as well, at Big Red Bench. We'll get you that. Uh, Max Blackburn's up next with Green on Red. Three hours of the best Irish music coming your way. And a full-time score as well, uh, from uh, Musgrave Park Ireland 29 Italy 8 the first win of the campaign congratulations to Ireland The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM